We'll end this meditation with a poem from Rilke. Go to the limits of your longing. The universe speaks to each of us as it makes us, then walks with us silently out of the night. These are the words we dimly hear. You, sent out beyond your recall, go to the limits of your longing, embody me. Flare up like a flame and make big shadows I can move in. Let everything happen in you, beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. Don't let yourself lose me. Nearby is the country they call life. You will know it by its seriousness. Give me your hand. Life is walking with us, living through us. We are not alone. We can't be. Even though we oftentimes do feel isolated and alone in our own suffering. This country of life that is so serious. I don't have the bell tonight, so the bell will be a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Exhale softly, slowly. Let's ring another bell. Inhale. And exhale. Mm. Please invite a small smile onto your face. This is the life you've chosen. Out of the entire billions of galaxies and universes, we are all little pinpricks of energy that have met in this room to awaken to our innate nature to awaken ourselves to the inherent goodness. And here we are sitting together with all of our pasts behind us, our ancestors' pasts behind us, and all of this undiscovered potential ahead of us, all of us meeting in this one moment of time to awaken out of suffering so that we can help transform our communities and families. That's what we're doing this for. Feel free to move a little bit if you need to stretch, reposition yourself. Shame and guilt are Dharma gates. What do they lead to if you walk through them? I want to start with the ending first. You tell me. Let's say you walk through your Dharma gate of shame. You're on the other side of it. You, you went through it. You welcomed shame. You looked at it. You held it, nurtured it. You loved yourself through it. And it dissipated. What's on the other side? Look back through it. What, what are you seeing? All of us have moved through our shame. All of us carry shame to some extent or another, but yet all of us have moved through some experiences of it and have let go and have come out of that Dharma gate and what do we get? This is not a rhetorical question. What's on the other side? Freedom. Freedom. Uh, acceptance. Peace. Peace. 
love, compassion, compassion ease, potential, potential playfulness. playfulness, maybe fun, like maybe. So what's shame like though? What does it feel like in the body? Heavy. Dark. Contraction. Scary. Yeah. Decay. <coughs> so we know that shame feels a certain way, has an effect on the body, the spirit, the mind. And we also know what the freedom feels like. Most of us should have some experience with letting go of shame, moving through it. Yet, why do we stay in it when it's there then? Because it's a weight around the neck that hangs us down. You know, I remember when I was in really deep shame, it really felt like there were chains around my neck that pulled me down to the ground and it's very difficult to move which the blessing of the earth is she can hold you when you're down there. And that's the blessing. You could let the tears, you can let your body weight all be rested in the earth. So you do your work from down there. Shame is best done when you're in it. It's best worked through when you're in it because it's alive and it has secrets and messages from the universe for you that wake you up and remind you of your worth. So I want you all to think about a time that shamed you. You felt shame. Please don't go to your worst stuff. But if it comes up, it comes up. We're the earth holders here, so we can handle it. Think about in your mind a time that brought you shame and feel your body's response. And now think of a time in your mind where you actually have already moved through something. The shame is no longer present. Those chains are lifted. You stand upright in your truth, in who you are, and feel your body's response. Is there a difference? Right, I know. It's rhetorical, but still. Did anybody not feel a difference, though? Right. No? A little bit of difference. Shame yet not yet moved through. Some weight left in there? Yeah. So our bodies tell us where we're at in the process. Shame, psychologically, is a concept that we are bad. We are not good enough. Guilt is a psychological concept that we've done something wrong. Okay? So when we have shame, we inherently feel we are bad. We are inherent personhood is bad. That's what shame is. Guilt is that I've done something wrong. And I want to say there's a shift we can make from shame and guilt that lead us to acceptance, forgiveness, peace, and freedom regret and remorse. Those are halfway points. A lot of 
teachers don't even like to use those words. They, they entrap us and ensnare us also. But regret is a concept that I've done something and I don't like the results of, I wish I didn't do that. Uh, that sucked and I don't ever want to do that again. I have regret over that because the punishment, I didn't like it and I don't want to do it again. Remorse is a little bit more embodied. It's regret with sadness that I've done something that has caused pain or harm. So I have remorse when I've done something that's not aligned with my value and I'm sad I've done it because I've hurt myself or others. That's, that's okay. That's a healthy concept to embody because from there you can go, I don't want to do that again. And actually regret is helpful on a behavioral way. When you feel guilty, you actually can go, what can I learn and do differently next time? When you feel remorseful, you can elicit compassion and empathy and how can I heal and help others heal? So we are so conditioned and by the way, we chain ourselves to guilt and shame. Our parents started it or some parents or some caregivers or some teachers, shame on you. Like who tells that to a kid? Shame on you. I'm supposed to feel shame, dad? Yes, I want you to feel shame, son. That's actually how I grew up. It was just like, I. that's an unhealthy way to get (laughs) self-esteem. Okay. You disappoint me. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. I, you know, as a child, I wish I could say, well, dad, that's really your stuff. And I wish you would, you understand how you're projecting your expectations onto a five-year-old who can't really live up to what you're expecting. So I'm not going to intake that in as shame, but yeah, don't do that, right? You actually just kind of keep it in you and hold on to it. And then you grow up and then someone gives you criticism. You're like, oh, I suck. I do suck. I know it. I know it. I have one patient who says I'm sorry to everything. He gets feedback. Hey, you put uh, the, you know, could you mind putting the dishes differently in the dishwasher? I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, and he's like, well, why, why am I actually saying I'm really sorry and feeling shame over this? Because we've bound ourselves to the condition we've just lived through. Everything is useful. We don't want to throw anything out. Your shame is useful if it can lead to some growth. So when you leave here tonight, anytime you start feeling shame, which you notice with your body, and your mind might say something, more likely it's in the body, and your thoughts are really negative, you can go, is this shame? Do I feel bad about myself? Or am I, am I guilty that I've done something wrong? If you're guilty you've done something wrong, maybe have some regret and go, what can I do differently next time? What, how can I turn my behavior into virtuous behavior? Skillful speech, skillful thinking, skillful action. When you have shame, I'm bad. You can find out, is that actually true? And what I'm finding out in the shame work is that when you replace it with, I'm, I'm inherently a good person and I start thinking of the things I've done that have contributed to people's well-being, my own well-being, I get a sense of empowerment that's not narcissism. It's a sense of empowerment that I have worth underneath this and I can stand up tall and go, ah, I do have remorse for what I've done and I can work through that, but I don't have to keep the weight of shame on. One of the best practices we can do is forgiveness practices and acceptance practices. First of all, in the book I'm asking all of you to read, Pema Chodron's new book, Welcoming the Unwelcome. I do not get royalties from from this. Just so you know, no financial interest, but I do want you to read it. 
she starts off with start off with a heartbreak start off with your heartbreak be with the pain you're feeling be with the shame and then know you can move through it with acceptance first of all accept it I feel shame right now I'm feeling uh, uh, hurt I'm feeling angry whatever it is you accept you welcome here you go this is the situation right now acceptance true acceptance not like I actually want it to be different that's not acceptance it's bargaining I totally accept this you know what I'm talking about. I just made a joke and you're like, I do that all the time. You know, you're like, I accept it, but you really don't. That's called avoiding. Uh, what you want to do is truly be humbled by the experience and go, oh, that suffering sucks. This suffering sucks. Accept it. Truly accept that this is what life is right now moving through us. And then we can have compassion for what we're experiencing or what others are experiencing. And then forgiveness is a very powerful practice. Jack Kornfield has a beautiful practice on Insight Timer. It is called Forgiveness Meditation. It's 12 minutes. I say that because you can do it. You can spend 12 minutes of your life working on forgiveness. And it will change you forever. Because you'll see a lot of different... You're not going to forgive somebody that really hurts you like that time. But why it will change you forever is because you start to turn the heart of compassion toward those you have hurt and those that have hurt you and you who have hurt you. And just by doing that brings the beacon of love that we just radiated outward toward everybody. So when we do forgiveness, we first ask that we understand we've created suffering for other people. Our behavior, our thoughts, our actions have hurt people. So we, we, we ask them emotionally and mentally for forgiveness. And then we turn that loving awareness inward and we ask ourselves for forgiveness for not being here, for abandoning ourselves, for not getting our backs when we could have, for mistakes, for punishing ourselves. And then we turn our beacon of light to the people who have hurt us. And we, we forgive if we can. And if not, we can sit there and do this whole process over of acceptance, compassion, not ready to forgive, acceptance, compassion, not ready to forgive, acceptance, compassion. Okay, maybe, maybe I'm ready. It takes time. Because our shame comes from other people most often and we are creating shame for other people the way we're treating them. Forgiveness is the bridge of love between all of us. So start practicing acceptance and forgiveness when you start feeling shame to yourself, to others. I have a patient who is working on forgiveness and he said, Mike, I'm, I'm doing it. It's amazing. I spent the whole time in tears thinking of all the things I've done wrong and hurt people. I'm like, well, hold on. What about the other two? He goes, what other two? I said, oh, what's, you understand what I'm saying? He spent the whole time from childhood thinking of all the things he did that was wrong to other people, how he hurt others. And he didn't even hear that it was, how, did you go to yourself? He's like, I, I just cut one ear out the other. And how about forgiving other people? I didn't, I didn't want to do that. So I go, interesting. So you spent the whole time punishing yourself thinking he was doing a good job when in fact what he was doing was whipping himself for all the things he'd done wrong because we linger in our pity, in our woes, in our shame. And we might not even knowing it. I'm doing forgiveness. I suck. God, I suck. 
I'm terrible. Look at all the things I've done wrong. This is good. I'm going to tell Mike I've done good work. It's like... So his job is to now focus on him and forgiving others. Because we dwell. So be careful of the dwelling. Right? This is so tricky. The multiple layers and complexity of the human mind. So when you do a practice, please be mindful and conscientious. Do the whole practice. Because you will get trapped in your habits. Okay. Hmm. Insight Timer. If you all don't know Insight Timer, it's a free meditation app. Our teacher, Richard Miller's on there. Jack Cornfield's on there. Tara Brock has beautiful ones. Sharon Salzberg. Um, And so Jack Cornfield has a whole list of ones you can go to. Forgiveness is one of those. So what I'd like you to do now is get to talk to each other about these topics. Turn to each other. Share what your Dharma gate can be. What do you expect on the other side if you work on your shame? And if you let go of guilt, you go toward remorse and regret first and then acceptance, forgiveness and all what we just talked about. What would that be like for you to truly do this work? To stand up tall? Because you're worthwhile. You're worthwhile. Each one of you is worthwhile and doing this work helps you see that. And you being worthwhile, you can lead others to their worth. Right? So go ahead and meet some cool people. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll bell you back in. <laughs> <laughs>